Please listen carefully. Hi, welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm John Haley. And I'm Laura Farley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, Laura. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. So I have a question for you. Shoot. What was your favorite class in law school? (sighs) Favorite class in law school. I'm going to go ahead and say evidence. Okay. Shout out Professor Lane. Okay. Do you know what mine was? Given the topic that we're discussing today, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say it was contracts. It it was. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. And the reason that it was my favorite is that's where I won my bobblehead. I've seen the bobblehead. It's in your office. It is. It's it's a great little thing. Our contracts professor had a uh, trivia game during every break. And if you got it right, you got to get a Supreme Court justice bobblehead. So Which justice did you get? I got Antonin Scalia, which was even better when... George Mason renamed their law school the Antonin Scalia Law School. Right. Not the Antonin Scalia School of Law because someone luckily checked that before uh, they, they made the change. Yeah. Well, they started down that path and then they had somebody point out that that had a very bad abbreviation. It's a good change. It was. So as you said, we are going to talk about contracts today. And one of the reasons we're going to talk about kind of an introduction to contracts is that we have seen an uptick in the number of questions about contracts on the legal hotline. So that means that you guys are starting to see some issues with your contracts out there in Virginia. So let's talk about it. Let's go. Let's start by talking about what exactly is a contract. So the law says that a contract is a set of promises with a remedy if there's a breach or the law somehow recognizes performance as a duty. So there are two parts, promises and punishment for breaking that promise. So if I promise Laura a cookie tomorrow, there's no contract because there's no remedy if I breach it. Oh, hang on. On the other hand, if I say I'll bring you a cookie and if I don't, I'll buy you lunch all next week or I'll give you $5, that's a contract. And that's a pretty bad contract on my part, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, well, you know, that's what happens when you're not the one that comes up with the examples. That's very true. That's how I end up with all the cookies. (laughs) So there are two types of contracts, bilateral and unilateral. And even if you don't know these terms, you are familiar with both types of contracts. A bilateral contract is one where both parties exchange promises. And what's interesting is that in law school, the example that's almost always given of a bilateral contract is the sale of land. It's where one person promises to sell and the other person promises to buy. And that's why you'll often see in contracts that it starts with the purchaser agrees to purchase and the seller agrees to sell all land and the improvements thereon. Unilateral unilateral contracts, sorry, on the other hand, are contracts in which the offer requests performance rather than a promise. So essentially the contract is formed when the act is completed. Again, this is something that you're familiar with. The offer of compensation in the MLS is a unilateral contract. If you bring a ready, willing, and able buyer and a contract is ratified, I will pay you X. The buyer agent doesn't promise anything to the listing agent. They create the contract by bringing a ready, willing, and able buyer and helping to get a contract ratified. So we've gotten a little ahead of ourselves and we've jumped right into what a contract is, but let's take a step back and look at how contracts come into existence. So contracts generally start with an offer. An offer creates the power of acceptance and a corresponding liability on the part of the person making the offer. So what is acceptance? And we're going to get real law school right here. It's a manifestation of assent to the terms of an offer. Yikes. Yeah, I know. The law requires acceptance to be unequivocal. So any different or additional terms makes the response a rejection and counteroffer. And so while most of you understand this concept in the initial stages of contract negotiation... 
we will get questions on the hotline about acceptance during home inspection negotiations. So what happens is the buyer sends out an initial request, the seller counters, and the buyer does not respond quickly. During the time the buyer is deciding whether to accept the offer or not, the seller changes his mind and is willing to agree to the initial request. Technically, the seller cannot just sign the initial request and send it back to the buyer. When the seller countered, they rejected the initial offer, and there's no bringing that offer back to life. That's right. We do not want zombie contracts. No. That's going to be bad. Once an offer, any kind of offer, has been rejected by being countered, it's legally dead. But since it was the buyer who asked for those repairs, they're likely going to agree if the seller says that they'll do them. Just remember, it's not as simple as the seller signing the addendum and sending it back to the buyer. For it to be a legally binding document, technically the buyer would need to sign it again. That's right. Uh, so another question we often get is whether an EMD is necessary. So contracts do require consideration. And in the past, that meant something of value. Uh, my law school, or contracts professor would always talk about how consideration could be a peppercorn. Those used to be really valuable, though. They were very valuable back in, in the olden days. Now, not so much, especially at like Trader Joe's or something. Yeah, that's true. Um, but over time, the court has agreed that mutual promises of the parties are something of value. So contracts don't have to have an EMD as long as there are promises made in the contract. The next question we often get is what happens if a contract does call for EMD, but the buyer doesn't send it on time? Is there still a contract? And absolutely, there still is a valid contract, but the buyer is likely in breach of that contract. Now, there is an exception to this, and if the contract you're using has language, and and I'm going to start by saying this is not common, this is not standard language in any contract I've seen, that says that a has a provision that says that the contract is not a valid binding and or ratified contract unless or until the buyer has provided the EMD, then that provision is going to control. So that means that if your contract says this will not be a valid contract until the EMD has been deposited, then that would be true. But like I said, I've never seen a contract with that actual term in it. And then that leads to the next natural question, which is if the buyer hasn't provided the EMD, can the seller terminate the contract? And courts are going to typically look at the extent of the breach to determine whether it's a minor or a material breach. If the seller wishes to terminate the contract because the buyer hasn't deposited the EMD, they need to talk to an attorney about their rights and obligations under the contract, and they can determine if that's really the best course of action for them. Absolutely. All right, we've talked about some legal hotline issues that we've been getting, so why don't we go ahead and take it to the legal hotline. Let's go. Laura, if the offer has an acceptance deadline that has passed before the offer is delivered, Is there really an offer? Can we accept? So I'm going to go with the lawyer's favorite answer of it depends. Ding, 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 ding. Typically, an offer is terminated on the acceptance deadline and cannot be accepted. However, if the acceptance deadline was in the past, then there was likely a mistake. Either the wrong date was entered or the offer was intended to be sent earlier. The safest course of action is to treat the quote-unquote acceptance by the seller as a counteroffer and have the buyer sign the contract again, confirming that they agree even though acceptance by the seller was after the acceptance deadline. All right, John, so the next question is, what if the contract contains items that weren't advertised in the house, or they don't exist with the house? So for example, if the buyer wrote in garage door remotes, but there's no garage, let alone remotes for the door, do I have to convey those? Well, again, it depends. Uh, So typically, if the contract contains items to convey, those items must convey. So the seller's going to have to go out and buy some garage door remotes, which are going to look kind of weird without, you know, the garage door. Right. So that's why it's essential to read all the terms of the contract before your client accepts it. Right. Absolutely. Because otherwise, they're out there buying something that doesn't make sense for that house. Right. 
All right, Laura, last question. Is there any restriction on writing a contract with a settlement date two years from now? No, there are no restrictions on when the parties are going to settle. However, if both the buyer and seller agree to a settlement date two years from now, that's fine. But make sure that you talk to your client about how much can happen in two years. And the parties may or may not be able to or willing to go to settlement at that time. So both parties should seek the advice of an attorney to make sure that they are adequately protected. I have a question. This is the director. Hi, director. Go ahead. Yeah, I have a question for John Haley. Sure. So if I have a contract for like five dozen cookies and the cookies are not delicious, can I sue? It depends on what the terms of the contract were. If it was just for five dozen cookies, then probably not. That's a bad contract. So you want to make sure that those cookies are, in fact, delicious. He would have to put in there delicious cookies. But if you were going to put that in there and it's John that's providing them and his, his attorney, I'm going to tell him, you better have a scientific definition for right. delicious. I knew that it was going to include it depends in there somewhere. Hmm. And I'm glad that you led with that person I didn't ask. But <clears throat> Oh, snap. But isn't the very nature of a cookie delicious and that, you know, isn't like a cookie that is not not really even a cookie? So you're getting into some really specific details. So you're going to want to download our new podcast about cookies with a yet-to-be-determined name that will be dropping sometime in the fall. Caveat cookie. Caveat cookie. That's what we're working on. Caveat cookie. Exactly. Okay. Cookie. (laughs) All right. Thank you, John Haley and Laura Farley, for um, your, your Oh, now I get a cookies. name. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we release new episodes. And please rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with general legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you're logged in to see the page. Thanks. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is a general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2018. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Reflect on the true nature of the cookie. Um.